Welcome to Vice and Easy, your podcast for all things Miami Vice with your host, Marina. Hello, and welcome back to Vice and Easy. First things first to start this episode, I actually have a correction from last episode when I was talking about probable cause. So because Linus had taken them on a chase before getting stopped and having his briefcase opened, they do actually have more probable cause because I'm not 100% sure on the full legal details. My, my legal counsel was advising me. But basically, if there is a possibility that there are weapons or something dangerous, and that's why the criminal was running away, they do have probable cause, not always, to implement a search and seizure. So there's my correction. My first one ever. Well, I'm sure I'll have plenty more once this actually gets released. And now let's get down to it. This week, we're going to be breaking down Season 1, Episode 5, entitled Calderon's Return, Part 2. You'll remember in Part 1, Sonny was on a hit list. They took down the Argentinian hitman, had arrested Mendez, and were questioning him once they got more information that Calderon was in the Bahamas. Crockett and Tubbs... Wow, can't speak today. Crockett and Tubbs took off into the sunset with To Be Continued. So we're opening this episode with Mendez in the questioning room. And first, the synopsis. While on the trail of Calderon and Bimini, Tubbs falls in love with a woman who forces him to consider his loyalties. Ooh, scandalous. Now we're going to go back to the precinct, going to retcon a little bit. Mendez is going to give a little bit more of an explanation as to what happened with the money that the Argentinian hitman was waiting on and so forth. Ludovico Armstrong, the hitman. He still had half of his pay coming to him. When and where? Once he completed his hit list, he was supposed to go to the Bay Lodge on St. Andrews Island and check in under the name of Miller and just wait until he was contacted. Does Calderon or any of his people know what the Argentinian looks like? No. I'm the only one that ever saw him. A few things about this. I want you to keep in mind that nobody knew what the Argentinian hitman looked like except for Mendez. We're going to revisit that later on the episode. Number two. (laughs) I heard the hotel as being called the Con Bay. So I maybe figured it was like K-A-H-N or C-O-N, K-O-N. No, he meant conch. Like the... (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Concha is slang for something very different in Spanish and uh, as a just Google it. But that that kind of made me laugh once I was researching this episode. I was like, wait, that's that's what he said. And then I also got a gif of them slapping the water out of his face. I don't know. It just makes me laugh because it's such a stark contrast. And I know it's not great. I don't think that should happen in real life. But I thought that was very funny in the moment. So I made a gif out of it. So they're questioning Mendez, trying to get more information out of him, and they show him a picture that of a woman who's been seen with Calderon. She's 25 years old, very extensive education record. I believe she holds three degrees um, in Columbia, New York, and I'm sorry, one other place I forgot, I think Puerto Rico, and her name is Angela Madera. And they couldn't really get a lot more information about her from Mendez, but they at least have kind of a good foundation to go to the Bahamas. They're not going in completely blind to work with. And they're talking with another, I forget his name. I think he was in the previous episode. 
not uh, episode four, but episode three. I think he was in Quarreling. I think he was the guy that roughed up one of the suspects. But he's talking a little bit about Tubbs and what's going on and what their plan is and how important this mission is to Tubbs. And it segues into something really cool in this next clip. Heard something from Milch over at Division last week that this Calderon was responsible for your brother's death up in New York. You heard right. I just think that's so cool that they were able to use like that opening synth, that like high tension synth into them and the song Voices by Russ Ballard. Boating, I don't know the proper word, the boating, traveling by sea to the Bahamas. Ah, so little fun fact, Bahamas is only 60 miles away from Miami. Well, you know, give or take. But St. Andrews, the island that Calderon was last seen is 150 miles away. So I do wonder how much gas that stinger takes or if they just carry little jugs or handles of gas while they go. I didn't really see anything, but again, I, there might be storage on that boat that I couldn't break down from making the gif of it. I'm also in the gif. <laughs> You'll see this on the gallery at viceandeasypodcast.com. <laughs> Philip Michael Thomas is holding on for dear life, and he looks like he's about to throw up the entire time the camera is panned to him. And I feel that because I'm also very, very, very sensitive to seasickness. And I grew up on lakes. Phil Michael Thomas grew up in Ohio and then went to Riverside. So again, I could also see he's not really a big ocean person, whereas Don Johnson actually competed and raced speedboats and cigarette boats. So he's in his element. Philip Michael Thomas and I are not. So that's just very funny. I caught a gif of that. And <laughs> that's just pure mood whenever I'm on a boat. <laughs> What a great song, stylistically, lyrically, thematically, to go into that and then to segue into the intro. And not just the intro, the proper intro, the proper like edited one that we knew for five seasons. So it's a very big day here, a very big, exciting episode. Uh, so we get a little bit more of a flashback. So if you, um, you know, this is back before DVRs and back before streaming. So if you missed an episode and you weren't able to catch the rerun, you didn't really know. So they kind of give a little flashback about Tubbs and Raphael. Tubbs holding Raphael's body. We see Calderon, Calderon rolling up the window. Um, all right. So we are ready. We are ready for some revenge. And we've arrived. First shot on the beautiful St. Andrews Island. It is actually filmed in the U.S. Virgin Islands, but I'll get to that later. Beautiful. And you see a sign. I like the sign that eat the fish you catch. I think that's a great deal. We see in the credits that's directed by Paul Michael Glazer, who you'll know from Starsky and Hutch, and written or co-written by Joel Cerno. And I'll talk about this later at the end. There are a lot of themes, or I guess two themes that I noticed from this episode that I recently noticed when I was rewatching the first season of 24. So I think this is a super cool episode. I cannot get enough of this. I am going to try to not speak a mile a minute and not have this episode be four hours long. So <laughs> there is already uh, rewatchables from The Ringer that they go through episode four and five. So it's like, it's I'm not the only one who's really excited about this. Pardon me. And Crockett says when they're talking that they're smack dab in the Bermuda Triangle. So 
he's not right, but he's not wrong. They're not really smack dab. So if the Bermuda Triangle was an equilateral triangle, but the Bahamas would kind of be closest to one of the sides, not smack dab in the middle. So the Bermuda Triangle goes from Miami to Bermuda, which is on a similar latitude as the as um, the Carolinas, pardon me, as the Carolinas, all the way down to Puerto Rico and back. So the Bahamas were kind of shifted a little bit to the right side, not really smack dab in the middle. But, you know, when I was a kid, I thought the Bermuda Triangle would be a much bigger deal. But the more research I did on it, it's not really that it's deadly or haunted. It's just that there's a lot of activity, a lot of activity, a lot of ports, a lot of boats, a lot of boats that just aren't up to handle the currents and the waves and the strength of the ocean in that particular area. So it's not really so much haunted as it is just, unfortunately, with high numbers, instances that wouldn't really be noticed in a smaller control group are just more noticeable. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is haunted. Um, I did write a note that it does sound like their little dialogue is dubbed because their lips don't really move. And I need to not be not be super picky. I really love the show and I do want to make you guys laugh and I do want to find funny things to laugh about. I just don't want to sound like this. In episode 2 on each he plays Scratchy's skeleton like a xylophone, he strikes the same rib twice in succession, yet he produces two clearly different tones. <laughs> I mean, what are we, to believe that this is some sort of uh, <laughs> a magic xylophone or something? Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. I think there is also a middle ground of appreciating and loving a show and then also highlighting, you know, like goofs. And I don't think anyone in 1985 could have predicted the future and known how far technology would advance, that we could screen, that we could freeze, screenshot, zoom in, make GIFs of, you know, things that you could get away with on network television when all you had to do was rely on a janky beta or VHS tape, which is full of tracking to rewatch your episodes, which is also how I watched my episodes back in the day. So <laughs> I'm older than I may seem. The bartender welcomes them. He looks very familiar. We'll get to that more at the end. Um, and he gives them pre-garnished drinks, um, kind of in a coconut, which I like. I like coconut water. There was a guy, I miss this guy. So on Glendale, before it turns into the two, it's always jam-packed in Echo Park, if you live in Los Angeles. Always jam-packed, takes forever to get to the highway. So people are smart. There was a guy who would sell coconuts full of water with little straws. Loved it. Tasty, especially on a hot day for like $3. Delicious, fresh coconut water, supporting a small business. Love it. But as a woman at a bar, absolutely not. Never, especially pre-garnish. And I don't know how long the garnishes have been sitting there. I don't know if they're fruit. They look to be like flowers. Just uh, not really for me. But uh, so the guy, Sam McMurray, who's the bartender, he's been everything. I recognize him from Drop Dead Gorgeous and Spin City. And he might be one of my favorite characters in this episode because he's also a bartender like me. Uh, so they talk to him, trying to get like a little bit of intel. Basically, they're acting as if they are the hitman, quote unquote, Miller and an associate. So they ask a little bit more information. They have a picture that actually looks like her of Angelina Madeira, the first one that we saw in the high quality high res fax machine picture was her with um actually no it wasn't a fax machine I take that back it was just like a, a regular film picture at kids ask your parents where she had long blonde uh, long blonde hair and now this one very cute with short black hair so I kind of ask her about her um he gives 
Tubbs like a little bit of a rundown. Oh, she's a painter. She teaches. And I guess it's a very small island. So he goes out to see her while Crockett is talking and meeting with the police chief. His name is Aubrey. Basically about what they want to do, why they're on the island, who they are. They're looking for Calderon. You can see that Crockett is a little bit apprehensive when Aubrey asks what his partner is up to. Crockett, in uh, his little grouchy southern accent, says, fishing. And then we cut to Tubbs laying it on very thick with this beautiful short-haired painter, Angelina, who we see in this next clip, or who we meet in this next clip. I don't know if I'm more startled at your presence or the fact that a tourista would be acquainted with Asheris. And he and Colacan happen to be two of my favorite Caribbean artists. Actually, I'm on sort of a shopping ground. I own a small gallery up in Soho. I really would like to see some more of your works. I'm never not impressed by Tubbs's wide swath of knowledge of everything. Like, that is smooth. That is very, very, very smooth. So, as he's mentioning he'd like to see some of her work, she turns him down, says no, she just paints and just to give them away to her friends. So, ding, 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 she's definitely rich, because that... <laughs> That doesn't really happen when you're an artist. And so when she leaves, she goes off to a dinghy, you know, kind of just like playfully turning him down. And a watch that was sitting on her easel falls into the sand. While she's walking off with the easel to hop into this dinghy, Tubbs takes the watch, knowing that it's his way to see her again. This is not something I condone in day-to-day life on how to meet women. But since he is trying to avenge his brother's death, death, oh my God, I cannot speak today. To avenge his brother's death, I am going to allow it. So he walks back, uh, walks. Oh my God, give me one sec. I'm so excited! I really did not have that much caffeine today, but I did take a very, very, very hot, hot, hot Epsom salt bath at like noon. (laughs) So maybe I just overheated myself. So I'm not sure if I finished that thought. Tubbs finds the watch that Angelina had on her easel, takes it with him. She goes off into a dinghy that has rolled up to the shore. Crockett is in the bushes spying on a yacht. Tubbs then walks over to join Crockett and spy on this yacht. And they talk in this next clip. Calderon, hot damn. We'll get the boat numbers and then we'll check every harbor. Then we'll put in a call to Swanson. Hey, pal. You're not in the process of forgetting you're a cop, are you? We go by the book. Just like we did before. Ended up standing on the surf, watching the man fly away with a big smile on his face and 10 million clear in a Swiss bank account. Listen. If you can't put a lid on that vigilante impulse of yours, then just toss a badge right now. Get him on your own. I actually like that they bear, that they bring up opposing yet very valid opinions that, you know, we do, do have to be the by the book and that if you catch him without proper protocol in place, you could set him free again, like how what happened the first time. However, once this man has murdered your brother and ran away free, I also understand the feeling and the desire 
to break the rules because why bother going by the rules if everybody else is breaking the rules? Not that I condone that, but I definitely understand the emotion behind it. And then we kind of pivot as they're talking more about Angelina because we see Angelina get on that yacht. We do not know her relationship with Calderon yet, but (laughs) this is how Tubbs describes her. I'm going to get him. Nobody's going to stand in my way. Not that overeducated hooker, you, or anyone else. Okay, that's a little mean. Oh, that was way harsh, Ty. And then from there, we cut at the next scene where Crockett, shirtless, is doing push-ups in the hotel. Tubbs, also, I believe, shirtless, throws a newspaper underneath his face for him to read the headlines. Guess what? The newspapers are announcing that Sonny Crockett is dead. This is actually very important because they need Calderon and his people to believe that the hit list is complete so that Crockett posing as Miller can get the ball rolling. So this is actually very important for their little charade. You look in pretty good shape for a dead man. (sighs) Made the front page. Ah, a high-ranking Dade County Vice detective was shot to death yesterday in the South Beach area. Authorities believe the killing to be linked with seven other contract murders in the South Florida area. Well, that ought to convince Calderon's people that the Argentinians' hit list is complete. How weird would it be to read your own obituary? I just can't, can't imagine that. Can't imagine that. So actually, now this is one of my favorite parts of the episode because now it is time for the bartender, his name is Jimbo, for him to shine. So a little bit of his backstory. He landed in St. Andrews seven years ago, basically never left spring break. An aspiring writer, which I also love because he would fit in so well here in Los Angeles. Um, There is like the stereotype and it's not completely unfounded because I also was trying to write a screenplay about six years ago, seven years ago kind of when I first moved here and he's working on being a writer too and I believe he's talking about his novel that he's at 2,000 pages which absolutely not that please please throw that in the trash 2,000 page novel absolutely not I guess even like Anna Karenina and um what's the other novel that's really long Don Quixote like relax that that is (laughs) relax but this is my favorite clip is it my favorite clip of the episode it is my favorite clip of the episode The house was built on the highest part of the narrow tongue of land between the harbor and the open seas. It had lasted through three hurricanes and was built solid as a ship. Hey, I like that. It's beautiful. Ought to be. It's Hemingway. (laughs) It just makes me crack up so much. I love it. Because he absolutely knows that he is not at that level of talent. Or like, who really, you know? And just love it just love like the deadpan delivery I think that is my favorite clip of the whole episode spoiler alert um so back to Crockett and Tubbs are kind of talking plans what they're going to do for the day so Crockett (laughs) that just sounds so wholesome like what are you going to do today what are you getting up to what are you going to go see so Crockett is going to go collect the rest of his money and play up that Crockett is dead he's going to go pretend to be Miller meet his guys and then Tubbs says he's going to meet her again that means I can continue on with my little romance Well, despite your obvious charm, how do you know she's going to meet you? Well, I believe she'll see me again. 
Well, Tubbs isn't wrong. He is able to find out exactly where she's teaching this at class. Actually, it's very sweet because she's outside reading to children. I think it's very wholesome. I like her a lot already. Um, so she stops the class, goes over to talk to Tubbs. He returns the watch and she thanks him so much because her father had given it to her. Tubbs, again, doing the full court press, asks her to have a lunch date with him. She says no, that the person she's meeting for lunch uh, might not be open to the idea. And then kind of twists that around and says that she's open for dinner. So green light. So they make plans to do dinner. Then cut, we see Crockett in a Panama hat. I took a picture of this. I'm not quite sure. I don't think it's a fedora because I believe it is um, a straw Panama hat. I think that's the word for it. My boyfriend said he would get one when he turns 40. So <laughs> I think there's just an age where just every man on vacation is just like, you know what I need? I need a Tommy Bahama Panama hat. Crockett actually looks very handsome, but like I could not stop laughing. There's obviously a picture on the gallery. And they go over what the contract was and how things had changed and what needs to happen now. You enjoying your stay on the island, Mr. Miller? We from the Board of Tourism? Cut the questionnaire, let's get down to business. <laughs> he is so salty. So now I'm gonna actually play with the real clip as they talk about the original contract, the killings, what changed, what was different, and what's gonna happen now. We're not done doing business. Your people omitted telling me about Crockett. My price for that kind of job is the same for politicos. You owe me an extra 30,000. Senor Calderon never renegotiates. This is not a renegotiation. It's not even a negotiation. You see, my prices are not negotiable. Senor Calderon either pays my fee or he becomes number nine on my list. Possibly we can arrange something. The only thing you have to arrange is delivery by sundown. I will convey your message. Tell Calderon I don't deal with errand boys. Money that gets paid for blood gets paid in person by him. Ooh, I like this. I was I like the way that Crocker was able to really stick to his guns, demand to get the money in person, and have an in to meet Calderon. I think that's actually super cool. Good for you, Crockett. Very smart thinking. Crockett and Tubbs are very, very, very intelligent. And they do make some dumb decisions, usually when it comes to women, <clears throat> Crockett. But at the end of the day, they're very smart. They're very quick. They're very clever. And the next scene, Calderon, Angelina, and the gentleman who was talking to Crockett are on the boat. Uh, Calderon's a little bit drunk, a little bit, you know, feeling loose. And when the, I'm going to just call him his assistant or his errand boy, as Crockett would say, kind of gives him the rundown of what happened when he met with Miller. Basically, that Miller did not know that Crockett was a cop. Therefore, his fee goes up since he had to assassinate a cop, hypothetically, and that he wants the extra money and he wants the extra money from Calderon in person, not through an errand boy, not through a messenger, through Calderon. Obviously, no one's really a really big fan of that idea on Calderon's side. But back to Crockett and Tubbs, they're in a car. And I'm going to explain this a little bit more at the end about the Bahamas, Virgin Islands, driving on the right side of the road, right side, left side of the road. But in this scene, they're driving on the right side of the road. And Tubbs is a little bit apprehensive about his plan with Angelina in this next clip. She's just not what I expected. Something just does not compute. 
In all my years of doing undercover work, Tubbs, I've never gotten used to the idea of using people. But you have to. Look, just because she's playing Sound of Music with you doesn't mean she doesn't have another act altogether for Calderon. Don't go getting turned around here, buddy. And nobody has to tell me about getting turned around. I know exactly what we came here for. Hey, they must be going to the festival. So that spooky music cue is actually because the car next to them, full of guys in the Junkaroo Festival masks. Not even that good ones. There's a rooster, which I found very funny. I took a picture of it and there's a tiger um, pulling up to them with guns. So car chase ensues. It's actually a very beautifully shot car chase. I really enjoyed this. Sorry, my policy is I don't want to play shootouts or car chases because most of the time listening to podcasts, people are driving and I don't want people to get freaked out. But if you want to rewatch the episode, highly recommend. Beautifully shot throughout this beautiful, like beautiful old school street. I think there's some cobblestones right in like the center of the island. Gorgeous. However, Crack and Tubbs end up losing the chase, getting knocked into the water. Luckily, they're both able to get out of the car and Crockett, well, Crockett replies in a 1970s sitcom fashion. Another fine predictor, but you got us in. So lots of lingering questions. Who was chasing them? Why? And obviously their identities were hidden. I didn't really, I didn't look for a license plate. I know the picture's on the website. I just, I have my notes open on my iPad, so I don't want to go back and forth. And then Chief Aubrey gets on the scene, telling them that Calderon has already left the island. When Crockett and Tubbs press back and ask why they were allowed, that was allowed to happen, basically Aubrey kind of makes an excuse that, you know, they can't really control the boats that come in and out of the islands. There's so many, blah, 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 blah. Crockett's not really buying it. Message. And Tubbs and Crockett kind of talk about how they're alone, they're screwed in this next clip. That means no backup, no support. That means that Aubrey's one of them, and our badges don't mean a damn thing on this island. You got it, man. We're so under, may as well be on another planet. I want to go see Angelina. Calderon did leave. I can get a destination out of her. Is that the only reason, pal? Business. So as Tubbs goes to Angelina, keep this in mind that Crockett and Tubbs told Chief Albury that they were going to leave the island immediately and go back to Miami. Therefore, if Albury really is dirty and working with Calderon, Calderon will think that Crockett and Tubbs have left the island. So hence why Tubbs is also going to use the same excuse with Angelina. Or maybe it's excuse for something else. I find this a little uh, difficult to say. I understand. I've been feeling the same way too. What way?
I sincerely hope Jan Hammer has not copyrighted that because I do not want to take that down. I wanted to like continue playing that clip forever because it's so cheesy. Please go to the gallery adviceandeasypodcast.com to see the still images I took from that scene. Basically, it's like them entrenched in each other, caressing each other with this like biblical sky, like very heavenly sky with sun breaking through the clouds. It is so cheesy and then the conversation gets even more cheesy again keep in mind they've known each other for maybe a day or two and then they're going off but like all philosophical but it's very entertaining i'm gonna play this next clip little tiny eyelash <laughs> ask me my watch please <laughs> time we've been watched by your boyfriend all this time. Isn't he a bit too old for you? That's not my boyfriend. That's my father. Your father? I was hoping you'd stick around for the festival. I want to introduce him to you. Tonight? There's a masquerade party at the beach club. Oh, wow. Sorry. I played a different clip than I thought I had. I thought I had the clip where they're in bed together and she asks him where his mind goes and that it seems like there's a place where no one else can get inside. I was like, you guys have known each other for two days. But spoiler alert, she's his daughter. That makes a lot of sense. Therefore, the watch that was very important that her father gave to her was actually given to her by Calderon. So now everything gets a little stickier. Are they going to stay for the masquerade party? Of course they are. Are they going to have elaborate outfits? No, of course they're not. That was actually a little bit more disappointing. I kind of wanted Crockett and Tubbs to not stick out. Like, I think going overboard at a costume, at a costume party, is less bait than... Okay, sorry, that's a very old Toronto slang. I will explain that more at the end. Then underdressing for a costume party, like, you do kind of seem like a narc if you don't really put a lot of effort into it. If you don't look like you belong, is what I'm saying. But now this is super exciting. And again, I don't know why I cut the clip like this. At the end, Tubbs says, I love masquerades. Woohoo! All right, so Crock and Tubbs are back, chilling on the boat, talking about meeting Calderon tonight. Tubbs believes that she doesn't know what Calderon really does and that she doesn't know who he really is. She just sees him as import-export or businessman. She doesn't know what his real line of business is. Took a picture as well. I really love Crockett's red and white patterned shirt. It's a beautiful shirt that really belongs in the tropics. And the bartender brings the masks. So, okay, maybe I'm blaming. But again, I think you could have put a little bit more effort in. If I were under undercover, I would kind of be making like a little bit of a bigger effort. You know, like, okay, it's different if you're going undercover to high school. You kind of want to not bring too much attention to yourself. That you don't look like Hans Moleman, you know, with a skateboard. But... In this sense, I think you should kind of go a little bit over. But they're actually, they're cute. They're sugar skulls, um, which are like the Day of the Dead um, Mexican style painted skulls that are really cute. And get there, um, start having a little bit of fun. And Tubbs obviously goes, dances with Angelina. Crockett obviously goes to the bar. (laughs) See, I would like for Crockett to have a little bit more fun. But that's something I kind of get into a lot rewatching the whole series how this man I idolize, actually I empathize with a lot because I have a lot of similar traits 
and they're traits that I don't really like about myself. <laughs> so maybe I'm just projecting too much onto him. But I wish Croc would have a little bit more fun. I know this is not exactly his type of party, but this seems like so much fun. Oh my god, costume parties with live music on a beach? Like, I don't know. I, I would have the time of my life. Even though I don't drink alcohol, I would have the time of my life. So actually, I took a lot of pictures from the Junk Crew Fest. Um, there's a snake that took me a couple rewatches to get. Really fun costumes, lots of fun masks. So while Tubbs is doing, I think it's the conga. Yes, thank you. The conga with Angelina. Unfortunately, Tubbs also notices that Crockett is being escorted. That's probably the best word I can use. Escorted by gunpoint to a boat. So fun kind of has to stop and this next scene Tubbs and Angelina overact a lot I, I I'm not trying to be snarky or mean everybody relates to different things but I remember I thought this was so comically bad and then someone on Instagram posted as like really really strong acting and I don't want to make that person feel bad everyone's a title of their own opinion I think that they're both great actors I just think that the over delivery is a little much in this scene here you go judge for yourselves Ooh, okay, I messed up again. First, we play a fun, fun clip from the Junk Crew Festival, and then we play the serious clip. Wait a minute. Isn't that her over there? Yeah, keep an eye on me. I think I'm going to have an introduction to Carl Jerome real soon. I got your back. <laughs> Angelina. I really do love like the funky island beat that goes on for the whole scene. Now we're gonna play the serious clips, uh, the serious clip where Tubbs and Angelina hash it out. It was all just a game. You were just using me this whole time. What kind of person are you? You're gonna take me to your father. You can go to hell. Your father kills people. He's got my partner. My father is not a killer. I don't know what you're talking about. For God's sake, why don't you open up your mind and your eyes? Your father has been one in five countries. No. He's been an international crime figure for the past 20 years. No. Yeah, arrest files, possession, and intent to sell 120 kilos of cocaine. DEA files a date as far back as 1966. That's a lie. Maybe you remember Rudolfo Mendez. Curly headed fellow used to come by and visit the villa just for a drink and leave with a stuffed envelope? I don't know what you're talking about! Mendez was kind enough to tell us about seven murders that your father had commissioned in Miami last month. My father would never do that! Your father had a cop shot to death in New York City! Leave me alone! And that cop was my brother! All right, so as you can tell, Angelina really does not want to believe that her father is who her father is. And I really wonder what his cover is. If he just says he's a businessman, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of hard to hide that kind of stuff. But now we cut to Calderon's house. Guess who is sitting having a cigar on the couch? Message! No surprise here. It's Chief Albury smoking a cigar, chilling with Calderon. Obviously him being the one that tipped off Calderon and Calderon's men to Crockett and Tubbs' presence on the island. Then we see Crockett handcuffed while talking to Calderon, while Calderon, not even looking him in the eye, it's a great shot actually with, you see Don Johnson head on, and then you see Calderon in his profile eating, completely dismissive. And it kind of continues into this next scene of why he's so dismissive. 
Yeah. Looking forward to seeing Miami again. Nice scenery down there. Miami's looking forward to seeing you. <laughs> of course, huh? The local authorities on $350 a week cops. For a few lousy dollars, get them to clean my toilet bowls. You don't get it, huh? DEA, FBI, your county, city, your technologies, your computers. You can't catch one little man who didn't make it past the fourth grade. You know, the only time I see a judge is when I tee off with him at the country club. 42 million. $42 million tax-free. Why do you think they call it the land of opportunity, huh? Even fat cats fry Calderon. Yeah, it's true. Only if they allow mistakes to exist. Senor Calderon, the detective, he got away. Idiota! Stupido! Levántate! Get up! Go find him! Levanta! Get up! Levántate! Shoot him a couple of times in the head and throw him in the ocean. Father. I thought originally that I had split that clip into two parts. Uh, my favorite being shoot him a few times and throw him in the ocean. I'm actually very glad I kept that clip intact. Kind of get to see the whole thing play down. I know I try not to put too many long clips because I don't want to bore you guys, but I think that one was highly entertaining. I think that might be my favorite part of the whole episode, that favorite quote. So, all right. So as we ended out on that quote, Angelina is in person seeing what Calderon really is. And Calderon asks her when she confronts him that she's been hearing things about him. He asks, who are you talking to? Who you've been talking to? Guess who pops up with a machine gun? It's Tubbs. So, very awkward. I'm thinking about this from her perspective, naturally. Bringing my new one-night stand to avenge his brother's death against my father who has murdered him or ordered his murder. It's quite complicated. I don't know if I could do it. But shoot ensues, ends up Crockett getting a hold of what looks to be a little Uzi, shooting Calderon dead. Very, very cinematic passing as he gets shot, passes head down into the pool while Angelina screams. This is kind of the only way I could really see it going down. I don't know if you could really kill your new girlfriend's father and like expect anything more to come of that. Maybe Tubbs thought that he had a future with her and that's why. Or maybe he just knew this was such an emotional journey that that Crockett was able to just kind of take the reins and come at it from a less biased perspective, a less emotional perspective and kill Calderon once and for all. But there's some good news. The next scene is also a super iconic scene. Chief Albury is getting arrested. Love to see it. Then Crockett and Tubbs talking about going back to Miami, the end of this whole ordeal. Then finally, Tubbs and Angelina talk on either side of the police car while What's Love Got To Do With It plays. I'm on. Such 
I'm a cop, Angelina. And that makes it all right for you, Richard. What brought you to the island was something far more than just your job. And what a way to end that episode and to end Calderon. All right, let's have it for season one, episode five, Calderon's Return. And I actually feel bad because I know how they're getting back to Miami. I do not think they're flying. I think they have to go back on the boat. <laughs> I hope Tubstra brought some drama. <laughs> oh, my God, poor guy. Oh, my God, if it was 150 miles too, I didn't want to think about how long that would take you with nautical miles and all that. <gasps> oh, my God, I'm just getting nauseous thinking about it. Well, let's run down some more fun facts of the episode with some vice tea. All right, so our guest star, Sam McMurray. Not really a lot of gossip around him that I could find. Cool guy, character actor. I know him. He had a really funny bit. He was the rival deputy mayor on Spin City. And he was also in Drop Dead Gorgeous. Drop Dead Gorgeous is a highly underrated movie. Highly, highly, highly recommend you check it out. Super funny. Super funny. Now, the only Vice tea I had that I said I would come back to, well, not really, fun facts. Let's put it that way. So the episode was actually filmed in the U.S. Virgin Islands. However, the story takes place in the Bahamas, which is a former British colony. Thereby, they drive on the different side of the road. Here in America, we drive on the right side of the road. And in they drive on the left side of the road. So the reason that the car has that drive left sticker, <clears throat> the drive left sticker is because the majority of cars in the Bahamas actually come from the United States, which. So it's a reminder for people to drive on the left, even though the car is built right hand drive, as if you were driving on the right hand side of the road like you would in the United States. So that's why I was kind of like, wait, why why does it say drive left? But so that actually must be very confusing. I've never driven on the left side of the road. My dad learned how to drive stick left-hand drive in the UK. I could not imagine having to drive a right-hand drive car. Well, now all cars are automatic. But back in the day, driving a manual car on the other side of the road, oh my God. So, <laughs> well, one day I'll learn how to do it. But, you know, I don't want to cut myself off from different experiences. But that seems a little scary. Um, no gossip really on Angelina. Fennipoli, it was her only IMDb IMDb credit. No gossip. Even in the Rewatchables episode on Calderon's Return, part one and two, they couldn't find any gossip. Beautiful girl. Maybe she was just modeling and maybe she settled down, chose another career path. I really love her haircut and I just love how delicate her features are and actually I'm going to post a photo Alexa Demi from Euphoria went to a fashion show I want to say yesterday the day before and looked just like her like same kind of like makeup dark eyes deeper lips very short hair so I thought it was kind of cool I was like oh wow my worlds are colliding best line all right I'm going to find a sound or an audio for the best line portion of the episode because as much as I was talking about Hemingway and Jimbo's line, I don't think it holds a candle to this. Shoot him a couple of times in the head and throw him in the ocean. And now this is going to be a good one. We're going to get down to my fave five. Hopefully they're also your fave five. I don't want this to all be about me. But these are these are five things that brought me the most joy this episode. First off, slapping the glass of water out of Mendez's head and it's shattering in front of his face. Too funny. I really hope that was safety glass. I made a gif of it. I want to make it into a TikTok or do something with it, make it into a meme. Love it. Number two. Hardcore nudity. (laughs) I plan to get a lot of use out of that clip. 
not hardcore, but I just noticed there were a lot of gratuitous shirtless scenes. I understand it's hot, but I also maybe they're, they're on vacation. You know, usually we don't we only see them at work. This time there's on vacation, so I for one appreciate it. <laughs> Number three, Crockett in the Panama hat. Again, Don Johnson is so handsome he can do no wrong. He kind of pulls us off, but it does look funny. Also, he's impersonating the Argentinian hitman, speaking with a Colombian drug lord's associate. Wouldn't the conversation start in Spanish? Maybe he's like, they did talk about him being an attache and so forth. So maybe he's actually not Argentinian race. But maybe he doesn't speak Spanish. Uh, Ludovico Armstrong. Armstrong, you know, doesn't really sound like a Hispanic last name. But yeah, it just kind of occurred to me like, wait, wouldn't, wouldn't the conversation kind of start off in Spanish? But I digress. Maybe because he had attache work, um, diplomat work, so forth, that he was there as an expat. Oh, I actually really like, this is number four. I really like the chicken mask of the guy in the back. I think I already pointed out when I was talking about that scene. Super cute. Go back. I made a gif of it. There is a scary looking dog. Maybe has rabies because it doesn't even have fur. It just looks like red skin. It looks very scary. Maybe like a hyena. Then there's a there's a tiger and the tiger looks really goofy because the tongue is sticking out and there's a chicken in the back. And my last number five, last of my fave five. Calderon's house. I think it could use a little bit more decor. I understand maybe you want to keep it low if you're, you know, killing multiple people in Miami via an assassin from Argentina. But I would appreciate like a little bit more gold and decor. Maybe a little bit more pastels, maybe some more glass blocks. I personally give it a 7 out of 10 on the cocaine palace scale. CPS stands for something very different here in America with Child Protective Services, but cocaine palace scale could be my new way of grading and marking and keeping track of all the lovely decor and houses we see here on Miami Vice. And that's it. That's the end of the episode. Now, if you've all, um, if you're listening, I will be back in about two weeks. I'm kind of releasing all the episodes at once, or at least the first five, kind of like a Netflix drop seeing what to retool. I do want to get some more sound effects, some ways to kind of count down how I quantify the end of how I quantify things at the end of the episode. So kind of also seeing what you guys want. Do you want more gossip? Do you want more intel on the clothes? I know Versace was a big brand that they used, but you know, some of this stuff is really hard to hunt down because it predates the internet by a lot. So I'll try to do my best. But yeah, I kind of want to see what you guys are looking for in the podcast. You know, what can what can I make do to make this more interesting? I do eventually my plan is to try to have like a little party. Um, I don't know if a live show would ever be something I could do just with the format that I use, but I think it'd be fun to have like a Miami Vice themed party. And if you live in Los Angeles, that's something we could definitely do. I know obviously if people are listening, I hope you are. I expect the majority of my audience to be abroad. But I think it'd be fun to have a little party or, you know, just to have costumes and music, kind of all the things that we love about Miami Vice. So keep me posted. And again, you can follow me on all things social at Vice and Easy or Vice and Easy podcast. And make sure to tune in. I'll be back in two weeks. Thank you very much. Bye. And don't forget. Hey, man, Miami Vice is number one new show.